Welcome to Fresh Take, your favorite weekly podcast that delivers a healthy dose of information pertaining to healthy lifestyles, organic and sustainable agriculture, and numerous topics related to the environment. Thanks for tuning in. Our industry experts are here to provide you with a fresh take on topics that can help you optimize your lifestyle and well-being. Welcome to Fresh Take. Today, we're very excited to have David Otteridge as our guest. David is the uh, director of the Sustainable Food Systems and Natural Resources for UFIFA's Extension in Lee County. Today, David and I, we're going to be talking about some of the challenges of sustainable local food systems, and we're hoping to share a lot of very interesting conversation with all of you. Welcome, David. Thanks for having me today. It's wonderful to be here. So maybe we can start by maybe talking a little bit about your experience and how it was that you got involved in local food systems and sustainable um, agriculture. Uh, that's a great question. It's, uh, it's kind of a winding path, but um, I suppose it's, it started you know, from very young being fascinated by um, growing my own food. And then as I grew up, um, kind of being involved in conservation and food systems work and eventually kind of coming to my role at UF IFAS, where I'm, I'm kind of deeply involved in food systems. My, my educational background is in ethnobotany and geography. Um, and I kind of look at how, you know, society and nature interact and food systems is one of those wonderful kind of confluences where society and nature are one in the same. They're interacting and they're working in tandem. Um, in many cases. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to sustainable agriculture and, and, you know, local food systems, which are uh, words that we hear all the time, especially nowadays, do you run into having to talk to farmers or consumers about the meaning of those words and how sometimes the understanding, I guess, of, of, of those terms uh, can be confusing to a lot of people? Yeah, I mean, I think it, with a lot of terminology and a lot of life in general, there's ambiguity, um, especially in food systems and kind of where, where you kind of understand what a food system is and how we engage with it. Um, so I think I, I could you could you um, refine the question a little bit because it <laughs> <laughs> no, and that's fine because and and that's precisely yeah. what you know I, I'm wondering, you know, I've read that the meaning of sustainable according to some sources a sustainable food system is something that you know delivers food security and nutrition for everyone in a way that it's mm -hmm. economic that it's you know social and environmental based mm -hmm. so that's kind of in a just the general meaning that i hear all the time has that been your experience yeah i mean i think that there's a lot around the word sustainable, that's, um, that's really difficult for people to understand. And I think there's some exhaustion with the word sustainable. Mm -hmm. So I look, I look at food systems as survivable, you know, can, can everything survive it, it, with, with how the system set up? Sustainability is, is one of those things where we're trying to maintain at a current rate, 
and maybe we need to change the rates that we're evaluating what is sustainable and what is not because there's other extenuating circumstances. And, you know, with any system, you know, you're looking at a system and how it interacts with other system. And there's a lot of ambiguity in, in how things interact at a, you know, local global, climatic, every scale, um, you know, then you put in all the human systems. And it's, it's very interesting how these things kind of move and create together based on how our cultures are formed, the social interactions mm-hmm. around this, as well as the natural interactions. So I think that it's, it's tough to convey because there is ambiguity. It's mm-hmm. tough to convey because it is a system and you can't be completely definitive about things. And I think as humans, we really like nice, clean answers sometimes. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And, and, and talking about ambiguity, th- we use now, we, we also add the term local, uh, yeah. which can be, you know, one of those terms that has different interpretations or people consider that it's, well, local can be, you know, Florida, for instance, or, you know, my community. Um, it is generally understood to mean that it's, you know, the products were grown and processed nearby. But what does that mean nearby? Is it is it Florida? I mean, when we're consuming products just from Florida, we're consuming local, or does it have to be in our own community? There, there's so many layers to the, the local. Is it what can grow there naturally at that time of year? Is it something that's sourced from within the state? Mm-hmm. Um, is it something that's sourced within a particular um, amount of miles of where you are? are consuming that food. Um, I think what is, what is it? The average piece of food on our plate travels 1500 miles. And, and some of that food may be local that's harvested local, moved to a distribution center that is maybe not local and then moved back into the local area. So I think that consumer direct is when you know you're getting local, where you go to the farm and you buy direct from the farmer in your own kind of um, area. I think right. you can definitely say that, but you know, the idea of local beyond that is, is it's, it's tricky. It's tricky. Correct. Yeah. Cause I think the, uh, in 2008, I believe the farm bill indicated that a product that is transported, as you were saying, you know, up to 400 miles, uh, mm-hmm. from where it was grown could still be considered, you know, local. So, you exactly. know, if we're here in Gainesville and something's coming from Miami, it's, it would still be considered local in that sense you know, if we consume it um, here in town. Um, yes. So, yeah, there's a lot. And I'm wondering if in your job, you, you're having these conversations with farmers, consumers, and people all the time. Yeah, we definitely are. I mean, we w- the way the extension works is we work with the University of Florida and we kind mm-hmm. of communicate um, science-based information to the general public mm-hmm. and also work with producers to feed information back to the university and researchers. But at the same time, we're also working with local governments. So in the Southwest, we're working on a branding initiative so that you can identify identify Southwest grown produce. Mm. And there's also initiatives on to look at how localized food systems work, um, especially in emergent situations. I think that, you know, with COVID, with hurricanes and things like that, we're starting to learn a lot of things about the fragility of the food systems mm-hmm. um, and, and making them more resilient is the long term goal of a lot of um, local area governments and the university. Does that involve um, the use of labels and, you know, information to, you know, more specific of where it's coming from? So labeling is also part of that, part of that work, correct? Definitely. Yeah. Labeling is part of that work, you know, creating an easy way to identify um, food in a way that's um, 
easy for the customer to know what they're getting. Yeah. In our uh, particular job uh, here at Florida Organic Growers, we're constantly talking to farmers and consumers who uh, want to understand what organic means. And of course, there's an official definition of the word organic. Uh, but sometimes when people throw in the word natural, then you know there's not a legal term yet and one that is even you know regulate like uh, organic. So it is important many times, and at least I tell farmers and consumers that you can trust that in the case of organic, the word organic has a meaning. You can look it up, you can understand the standards or read up on the standards. So you know what it is that you're getting when you're buying organic, for instance. Uh, and I think that's very important as well. Definitely. I mean, there's a stringent um, a set of criteria, which is a certification which that farm holds in order to be defined as organic, um, which, which just goes to show you not just the farmer saying it is organic, that there is an outside body, um, whether it be the USDA or an inspector coming in or a third party doing the organic certification mm -hmm. um, and creating all of the practices on that farm to ensure that the food is produced organically. Mm -hmm. I think one of the things in my uh, personal experience, there's things that many people assume go together and in, in, in many cases they do. Uh, Florida Organic Growers uh, runs the uh, Florida Farmers Market Association. So at farmers mm -hmm. markets, a lot of people assume that most of the farmers or vendors that are part of the farmer's market are organic, for example, or sustainable mm -hmm. and local, of course. So we're mm -hmm. starting to put together all these terms and, and natural that, again, in our discussion today, they do go together, uh, but sometimes they don't. So understanding the meanings of these terms and, and, and how they affect the local community, people in general is also very important. Um, so Definitely. what about challenges that you and your job see um, when it comes to the local food movement? Are there certain things that you see that are challenges? Uh, we know that, and you mentioned it just a minute ago, one of the things that has been a challenge and still was a challenge is COVID and how people mm -hmm. in the early days were not able to go out and you know, go to farmers markets, for example, and buy local produce. What are some of the things that you've seen? Um, well, the, the wonderful thing is, you know, with farmers markets and with a lot of farmers, they were considered <clears throat> essential services. So they mm -hmm. continued production through COVID. Um, and I think that a lot of people, a lot of small local farmers had very good business. Um, and this is consumer direct farms usually. They had really good business, so they would be at farmers markets, or they're selling directly from their farms. They had uh, because they connected with their local communities, and their local communities felt safe going to their properties um, to get their produce. Um, and I think a lot of people cooking at home as well, um, and all of the the media about having to shift the supply chain because there were some, you know. Basically, you lost the whole retail. I mean, you lost the whole um, food service industry in the space of a week. So that whole market dried up because everything shut down. So cruises, um, you know, restaurants, hotels. So producers who usually just kind of supplied to the food chain um, had to shift a whole bunch of produce and it had to be moved to retail, but not just to retail, to other ways and figure out other avenues of selling that that supply. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that that's, we get, people were, became very aware of it because there was a lot of publicity around 
you know, crops not being able to get out of the, out of the fields and having to be plowed in or sitting and wasting. Mm -hmm. But I think the supply chain shifted quite quickly after that. And I think a lot of people did well, but the local farmers really connected with their communities. And that's the one thing about local organic, sustainable, all of these things. If you know the people who are producing your food and you go to them and you have a relationship with them, you develop a knowledge of how your food's grown and, and you have a connection to it. So I think that's a huge thing about local food is just connecting with the, the producers in your local areas is hugely important. Mm-hmm. You've been just indicating some of the things that happen as part of just adapting to COVID. And I've been talking to farmers and some other people about how much, despite everybody being, uh, especially in the early days, very concerned and rightly mm-hmm. so about the virus, how farmers and how people and consumers adapted. And even now, realize that there's other opportunities that, and lessons that we can learn from, you know, when we maybe face the next pandemic or, or, or challenges yeah. or problems. So I think that that has been one of the positive things that came out or have come out of, you know, dealing with a problem, you know, such a huge problem like COVID was, and that farmers were ready, maybe yeah. not in the very early, you know, days, but quickly shifted and, and adapted. That leads me to, you know, asking about the changes that farmers can make uh, when it comes to either trying to be more sustainable or addressing the needs or demands of the local consumers. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts on that? I do. I would like to take just a step back for a second, if, yeah. if you wouldn't mind, and Absolutely. just kind of highlight the fact that you know, with COVID, a lot of farmers made some technological changes yes. and, and went digital and mm-hmm. invested, invested really great support. The government acted really quickly to support the farmers um, with the, um, the funding for allowing them to, to support their staff, to keep their staff on if they had to do spacing, mm-hmm. to invest in new technology if they wanted to, to new production systems, to shifting the way um, that they sell their food, to move it online. FDAX had an a, a online sales platform. A lot of the producers I spoke to were thinking about these things and they were so busy just working day in and day out, they never had a chance to step, take a step back and say, okay, what am I doing here? And COVID actually gave them that chance to really invest in their businesses mm-hmm. and make the changes they needed to. So I just, I just wanted to highlight that because I think it yeah. was just a perfect cl- confluence and a really good outcome of what was a very difficult situation. Absolutely. Um, so moving forward, um, you know, the, the most valuable asset to any producer, to any farmer is the land that they're on and they are stewards of the land. Mm -hmm. They understand that. And I think that, that, you know, the more they learn about the soil, the more they learn about the water, the more they learn about different productions and uh, production methods and what they're producing, the outcome of, of what they're producing, they're, they're really proud of. And I think it's just conveying good knowledge, continuing research and supporting producers because the biggest threat to farming is development, right? Mm-hmm. It's the, because the, there's a spread of development, the land values get so high. And then, you know, and farming is, is not an easy business. It's, it's extraordinarily stressful. It's challenging. You're working with so many different factors, whether the, the value of your crops or just the weather alone is, mm-hmm. is, is really difficult. So I think that 
producers just need a lot of support from their communities um, to let them know what, what they want, what the communities want, and finding good markets, finding different ways of processing and supporting so there's less food wastage um, and that can be moved. Um, I think there's a lot of advances, you know, and at UF, there's been a huge investment in AI as well to help support um, mm -hmm. producers. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of going forward. There's going to be a lot of technology driven kind of um, support for production. And that will help all of us because it'll help the environment. It'll help producers. It'll help consumers. Yeah, it's it, as they say, it, it takes a village. Uh, and as you say, with, with technology, with consumers and all of us being more aware about some of the issues, like land, as, as you yeah. said, it, it's it's important for all of us to be involved. Uh, because sustaining, you know, small farms does require not just, you know, the farmer being understanding of the business part of it and being savvy and being creative, but everybody else who can now you know, be supportive of them as well. It's, it's extremely, extremely important, I think. Definitely. So, and, and let's not even get into the land use and zoning and all of the, <laughs> those things. I mean, that in and of itself is, you know, these small farmers have to do, have to wear so many hats. They can't mm -hmm. just grow food. They have to understand so many aspects mm -hmm. of their businesses. They're, mm -hmm. they're phenomenal people. And mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm really happy to know some really great people that are in this industry. Yeah. Yeah. No, me too. I, I know exactly uh, what, what you're talking about because we have conversations, you know, on a regular basis with a lot of our farmers throughout Florida and listen to their struggles, but also listen to a lot of their, their stories, success stories. So that is great. You know, just one last thing. Um, I'm sure that some of our listeners are interested in, in, in hearing about your job and, and some of the ways that local food systems can continue to remain sustainable, either by, you know, shifting producers, shifting, we've been talking about, you know, more sustainable practices, technology, you know, how, how they get their food to consumers. What about local governments and the part that they play in the local community? Well, I mean, yes. I mean, the, the local governments are key to supporting local food, whether it's creating financial incentives for local food businesses or, um, you know, allocating uh, tax, tax dollars to help support those initiatives to improve resilience, quality of life and well-being within the, their communities. So I think that the, the outcomes of local foods are phenomenal. I, I know that, you know, the recent kind of evaluation of what what worked during COVID is that that um, support for people to get them food was one of the most valuable assets that we invested in during it. You know, SNAP, making sure that people had food during a very difficult time. So I think it's one of those things that we look at a lot of aspects of our life and we 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 can easily shift needs to wants, but food is one of those needs that uh, every person should should have access to good healthy food um with little stress i think i mean and i think that that's you know governments are aware of it um it's just bringing all of the uh, all of the different all of the different demands of that a human developed society brings um food is is just a part of a larger picture that we have to evaluate and make decisions on. And it's not always easy. It certainly isn't. 
And we, and we really do thank you, you know, for joining us today and sharing a lot of this valuable information with our listeners. In terms of a lot of the work that you do for um, those farmers and, that are listening to our podcast and consumers, how can they find out more about uh, the work and what it is that you can help people with? Well, I mean, Extension is there in every county in Florida. Um, and you have extension agents that offer the research-based information that is produced at the University of Florida, as well as other extension networks. So we have a lot of information if you're having issues with diseases, with integrated press management. We can also offer training and skills and support um, if there are any issues. So I think that's one aspect of it. And then at the university itself, the Food Systems Institute, is kind of looking at these things across different disciplines and really collaborating to create more resilient food systems, not just in Florida, but globally. So I think there's a lot of great work and a lot of um, ways that producers can reach out and get support they need. All that you have to do is call your local extension office. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks again, David. We've really enjoyed talking to you today. Uh, we hope to uh, talk to you in the future and continue the conversation about local foods and sustainable food systems. We really appreciate you being with us today. Thank you, JC. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for listening to today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation as much as we did. As many of you already know, FOG is a 501c3 not-for-profit organization, which means we need your help to keep all of our content free to the public. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation today. We would really appreciate your support. 